Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Chill Culture. I'm your host, Em Robertson, and I'm very stoked that you're all tuning in. Uh, this week, we are chatting to New Balance athlete and George local Brandon Halley. We are going to be talking about some of his recent results, what training has looked like over the past few months, um, and how he plans to to crack his first 100-miler finish. Um, Brandon's got a long history with sport, starting with kind of elite-level rugby at school um, and going into early varsity days. Uh, I know he spends quite a bit of time on the bike as well, and he is currently yeah running and trail running at a really high level um and yeah he had a blitz winning time of 758 um at the maxi race 75k last year in really rough conditions so we're gonna hear a little bit about that um as well as the top 15 finish in a stacked field at the utct 100 last year so it's been a busy past few months for for brandon so yeah welcome brandon it's good to have you on the podcast Cool. Thanks, Em. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I've been following your podcast since the, the first episode and it's really cool what you're doing. So it's uh, it's really cool to, to be on here. Oh, awesome. I'm, I'm glad someone's listened from, from the get-go um, and I hope we can still keep it interesting as we go. Um, but yeah, I think something Rebecca mentioned to me, we've just finished recording her episode and something I picked up was that you played rugby at, at quite a high level. Um, yeah at school and then coming into varsity days and so how has sport always been like quite a big part of your life um have you always been athletic yeah definitely from uh, from growing up i think sport runs runs in, in our family so from primary school days i think as most young south african boys do is, is literally just do whatever sport you can do just to be outdoors um and from there you obviously grow into sp- specific sports for me um i always enjoyed athletics um i was more of a of the field events so i I, I excelled well in in high jump specifically um i was okay at running i was from a really small primary school pennington primary on the south coast little town in sezella so nice uh, getting results wasn't that difficult <laughs> so did did well um, on the sports field there and then off, obviously after school it was um, mountain biking with my dad um, and yeah that's how that's how I grew up and then I went off to to high school uh, Marisburg College up in Pete Maritzburg and uh, all of a sudden I wasn't as good as I, I thought I was <laughs> uh, small fish in a big pond so um there I naturally transitioned to rugby. It's a really big rugby school, and um, and all the focus went into to rugby from there. I, I sort of lost the endurance side of the sport, the running okay. and the and the cycling. It was all about uh, getting as big and strong and fast as as possible to to obviously do as well um, as you can in, in the rugby side of things. So, yeah, so I grew up. Um, rugby was big in high school and okay. then after school as well continued with with the rugby um so the body looked a bit different back, <laughs> back then um but it's amazing what the body can do and how it adapts depending on how and uh and how you you, you push it basically yeah and the i mean rugby what what made you kind of in the rugby side of things was it just you started working you finished with university or was it injury related yeah so I did have my fair share of injuries um through through rugby but that was never gonna gonna end it for me um obviously I always had the dream of playing for the Springboks yeah um, 
uh, as many many do. So, uh, yeah, I, I came down to George to study at uh, NMMU Sarsfeld, played played rugby there, um, and obviously while studying there were practical years so we had to go away to uh, and do practical years i studied um, wildlife management so okay. i spent um, two separate occasions a year on on a farm doing um, wildlife management and obviously out basically in the middle of nowhere with no no gyms and yeah and so to go from extremely conditioned playing rugby to hard labor on the farm i probably lost about 10 to 15 kgs oh wow yeah to come back to put on that weight again uh, perform and then to leave again and, oh, and come back um and, and at that stage uh, i mean uh, i knew i was never going to make it much further than than what i had got to and uh yeah then i started discovering rediscovering the the love for endurance sports um specifically at that stage it was cycling and then it it, uh, it grew into into more running okay and the cycling was that something you did at like a high a competitive level as well or, or was that just for you for enjoyment uh, i'm a very competitive person so everything <laughs> i do i want to do is at 100 percent. so um no i definitely didn't compete um it was more started off my both my brother-in-laws are are cyclists i'm down in the cape um and they good cyclists so obviously uh, I needed to um, pick up my cycling abilities yes. so naturally I joined them I joined their cycling team Belleville Cycling down in, in Cape Town um, yeah and we had a few good results um, nothing to to write home about um, and yeah then just the cycling scene just became a bit boring for me um, okay I was just looking for more adventure um and then yeah got back into running i'd always run but it was not really a, a focus i was still obviously a bit bit overweight for for running I wasn't conditioned for running um and then living in george naturally yes. got into into trail running and and took off from from there basically a, a focus shifted from from cycling when i had a had a gap to to running um and uh, it's funny because I've studied at, at Sarsfeld for five years. And I mean, a lot of the trails and that is all around the campus. And yeah. I didn't even know about them for the five years I was studying there. Crazy. Because, I mean, the mindset was was um, studying and well, probably not so much studying, but more, more <laughs> rugby. But yeah. um, to run around there now, it's, 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 yeah, it's just weird to know that everything was around there and you just didn't know about it and so didn't didn't kind of yeah take ne advantage of never it got in, never well that was never the, the the focus at that stage and do you feel like you you wish you got into the sports a little bit earlier i mean how how long have you been trail running for probably i think i did my first mutt 25k in 2018 okay uh, so that also was recent basically just winged it um put on a pair of of shoes and, and went out and <laughs> and learned a, a lot of lessons yeah. on that 25k K route so yeah that was my first first race um and then from there obviously uh, the bug bit and like i said i'm i am a very competitive person so it's trying to just become the best runner that i can be yeah Not, never uh, wanting to com compete in a professional sense at all but just push myself and my body um, just to discover what what I, what's possible f for me um, so that's basically where where it started um, but as you know with trail running it's uh, 
the places you get to see, the people yeah. you meet, the communities. Um, it's, it's, it's hard not to, to get hooked. Yeah, um, it is. So, yeah, the last five years have... Have there been one or two injuries in, in, in between, which has um, have set, set set back a few goals, but um, probably for about five years now, I've been okay. I've been doing trail running. Yeah. And when you, I mean, you started with the Mutt Twenty Five. Was as soon as you did something like that, where you're like, I want to see. I feel like there's two types of trail runners: one who says, I want to see how fast I can get over this distance, and another one who goes. I want to see how far I can go until I blow. Mm. Um, which which one did you think you were? Yeah, so I accepted from pretty early on that I was probably never going to be competing on the front end on the shorter distances. Um, I think still my size and weight uh, is against me. Um, and I just don't have that, that speed. So uh, I accepted back then that I would rather f- try and focus on the longer distances. Okay. Um, I feel... M- possibly over the years with the rugby and the cycling and that my body is is, is, is more developed in the endurance uh, aspect. So naturally the longer distances um, would would suit me better. And yeah. obviously my size don't have to be as, as fast, but you just maintain a faster speed for, for longer. So yes. that that was my thought. And um, and so far that seems to to be paying off I, I out, definitely yeah. don't if I look at some of the times that these guys are running on some of the shorter stuff it's it's ridiculous I, I definitely don't think that I could compete um, at that level even yeah, if I proper. even if I adjusted my focus to shorter stuff um, so I definitely think the longer stuff uh, would, would suit me better and um, we just also discussed off air a lot of it's that longer distances in the mind as well yeah um so conditioning the mind um is is a big thing and i i think that um i have a fairly good mindset and i'm able to have keep a steady mind in those longer distances which obviously is what you need for any sort of of ultra distance event yeah there's, I feel there's definitely a point where you transition from fit, fitness, like just what you need in terms of fitness for long distance events to this is purely a mental a mental game. Um, yeah, I'm sure in a hundred miler, there's a point where you realize like you, your body can hold, but now you need to do some serious like self-talk to get you over the definitely, line. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, if you, if you listen to all the, the out-endurance athletes, they... The common the common uh, sense is that you go through these patches where you literally want to pull the plug, yeah. Um, and then everyone says just fuss bait, as other things would say, and push through, and you're going to come out of it, and you're going to ride the high, and then you're yeah. going to go into a low again. And I mean that's 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 the constant battle. It's just fighting, grinding through the lows, and then riding yeah. the highs. That's and that's what I try and just keep in my mind the whole time. And you're going to get lows. Um, yeah. That's, that's a guarantee, but it's those stages where you need to keep the, the head strong. If you're eating well, if you, uh, you're you, you're drinking well, you're going to come out of it at some stage. Yeah. But it's just obviously just keeping your head strong in those difficult moments. And when you get out of it, just ride the highs and yeah. take the lows as they as come. As they come. And, um, Brandon, you, I mean, like race, going through your lows in um, racing is one thing, but training wise, like, do you feel like leading up to or training for something like the longer distance, there's obviously a lot of time spent uh, on your feet and in the mountains. And do you experience the same sort of 
lows sometimes in training you're not feeling as good as you would like or is that more unique to when you race and you're pushing um and you're racing other guys and girls that you you get into that space or how does training like feel for you generally yeah that's that's always a it's always a tricky one it's 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 mostly i'd say 90 percent of the time you're only probably going to experience that in, in in races because naturally you're pushing your your body harder and yeah. you're pushing over distances that you probably wouldn't be training on you're not really going to go out and do a, a 100k training run because you're yeah. going to break yourself for the next month and then de- de- defeats the purpose of actually um training so yeah. i mean most of the time it's it's going to be in in races um so to train for that is 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 difficult uh in terms of training the mind i think the only way you can really train the mind is to put yourself in those in those difficult situations and uh i've that's how i've sort of uh improved my mindset is is in races because training you can always pull the plug it's easy to pull the plug um someone can come and fetch you and get a ride home so um that's that's pretty easy to do but in, in terms of the racing you you need to either pull the plug or you you keep going because yeah. you, you're there and you're in the race and i think i've definitely felt that i've got better race on race in, in terms awesome. of developing the mindset and um yeah the more you put yourself in those positions the the and you push through them and not quit the, yeah the, the stronger the mind is and the more confidence you've got going into the next event yeah and do do you choose your events based on like you feel like this is going to be a good challenge for you it's going to be hard there's going to be guys showing up there that are going to really push you to the edge um how do you like choose your or build your race year yeah definitely so uh, the big ones, obviously, as everyone knows, is 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 MUT, um, UTD, UTCT. They the they're, they're the major ones. Yeah. Um, in terms of the the milers. and so MUT is on my back on my back uh, yard. So that that's a given every year. Um, and then UTCT is just the the competitive field that it draws. Um, yeah that's where you want to go and, and really test yourself against not only locals but but international athletes as well um utd i uh, haven't been able to do that yet definitely still want to want to go and give that a crack at some stage nice um but yeah for for now the major focuses will be mutt and and utct and they are both brutal um, yeah yeah probably the guys ask me quite often between the two what would you say is the most difficult and i think i've done the 100k and the milers and i'd say they're very very similar sure very similar and i, I, I think easy the most difficult in 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 south africa for sure yeah i had a couple of people commenting on the the mutt miler route and i was like it i mean the whole thing with them merging with or becoming part of the utmb world series is the difficulty of the miler there needs to represent what you could encounter at the final in chamonix and i was like it is i would say harder uh and i think last year the winner of the um the utct 100k i can't remember the russian guy i can't remember what his name is but um he he crossed the line and the foot they asked him like how do you feel? And then he said, if I never see another rock again, it will be too soon. Uh, 
and he's raced all over the world and he just said he's never encountered a race with such technicality in his life definitely uh, that's the one thing uh, cape town those cape town trails tend to break me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's brutal. george the george mutt is is brutal um in terms of the elevation and just the way the race is structured but those cape town trails especially around and on top of table mountain they just tend to really yeah. take it out of the body and the legs and and break you down so um yeah that's uh i can no imagine especially, especially guys coming from from overseas where normally they are on a bit more smooth trails they yeah. they really take take shots coming here and especially yeah. the cape town trails I think some of the people who I, I passed, they'd done like uh, the start to Signal Hill and then Kloof uh, Corner going up towards Platterclip. And then I, I was I was at like Dadno. And then by the time they got there, the, everyone's eyes were just like wide and they knew they're only halfway or in the Miler's case, you, you've you done, I think, yeah, you've still got like 60 odd Ks to go from, from there for the Miler and it's halfway for the 100K. So I think that, yeah, that's, I mean, all the South Africans are like, yeah, 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 we know, but the Europeans are, are all struggling. Yeah, that Landadno aid station is to get there, you've uh, you've really put the body through a lot. Yeah. And that's normally, a, a lot of guys pull the plug there, and that's that's normally a men- mentally tough spot. So yeah. you can push through there, then um, it, 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 it gets easier. Yeah. But yeah, that start, I think it's 44Ks, if I remember correctly, around yeah. the 45K mark. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a brutal, brutal first 45. And this this past year, UTCT, I mean, that 100K was stacked. There was, um, I think, a top 20 finish is uh, amazing. And you were 13th. Were you the first South African who came in? Uh, behind Ryan. Okay, Ryan Sands, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah, Ryan was there. Uh, but how, I mean, can take us through what UTCT was like? I mean, was it the previous year that you didn't, you didn't finish the miler? So now you've shown up for the 100K um, and there's a lot of, hype around UTCT I think it's grown as an event and I couldn't believe kind of the media presence everything that was there and I think it's great coverage but it adds like a whole other element of pressure uh, I think especially for the pros like there's just everyone is watching you and waiting to see what happens um yeah take us through your your race definitely yeah I mean I think as as a local UTCT is, is definitely the one to do to to be able to compare yourself and see where you are in, in the world of trail running um so i've i've wait, i've had a bit of a bone to pick with utct over the last few years i actually did the 100k the first time i went down i did 100k um and yeah i just had a bad day I had stomach stomach issues for a lot of the day and um couldn't get food down um or, or, or the normal the normal issues and limped home uh, i think just under 15 hours or so so uh, that was my first taste of UTCT okay. um, and then the year after I went back to do the Mila. it was the first year that, that the Mila yes. um, was, was announced and, and took place and I trained well that year body was feeling good and picked up RTB during the race oh, and gosh. which was a, a, a massive surprise because I'd never had RTB issues before never had a, ever had a, a sign of RTB so yeah it start first first started feeling it on on top of uh, platz clip and yeah, so um, early early very early mm. so and then obviously from there there's no no letting off it's just constantly pounding the legs um and then managed to limp my way through to to heart bay uh, probably should have pulled the plug there uh, okay. but took 
painkillers much a lot more than I should have trying sure. to convince the the mind that I will will eventually come right and yeah. no from there obviously it's, it's 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 quite a drag out of Heart Bay through to Cork Bay and probably walk that whole section and then got down into Cork Bay Station and um, the yeah body was the legs just were couldn't Not go happy. anywhere the the pain was just. Uh, was unbearable so frustrating because it was still fairly early in the race as well um i think it was 75 k's that age station sure. and to know you still have about just under 100 k's to go also probably would have had to walk it out um just in terms of recovery and that afterwards didn't, yeah. didn't make sense so that was my first dnf okay um which was a bitter bitter one to swallow because i, I, I don't like giving up i would, yeah. I would rather push the body and until i can't anymore um but i knew that injury it just wasn't going to wasn't going to come right um, yeah. and the sensible thing to do there thinking ahead uh, was to to pull the plug um so yeah that was the 100 miler and then last year obviously with a bit of the history um always a bit of a nervousness uh, yeah almost expecting something something to go wrong i was gonna ask it was there when you get to the top of platter clip are you like checking to see if everything's intact yeah so uh, that uh yeah it, 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 the plan was to start off slow um which i did and the pace was hot in the beginning as, yeah. it, as it always is um it was 100k again this year i didn't do the 100 miler dropped down to the 100k which is obviously where most of the elites go so yeah it's extremely competitive the pace was very fast in the beginning still probably went a bit faster than i would have liked to but i did try and hold myself back and then basically just held that pace and took it easy um for as long as possible and I had a really good day. The body never really went into deep, dark caves that, that day. Okay. Um, it felt like the nutrition went well. It was, it was a very hot day. Um, yeah, it was proper. So yep. the guys were taking shots from, from heat, but uh, my, my fueling and the drinking all went to plan. Um, so I had a good day. Uh, definitely think I could still take time off if I had to push myself and actually race hard from the beginning yeah um, you then risk blowing up obviously yes. but i didn't want to take that risk this year knowing my history at utct so yeah i think on a on a good day where i'm actually pushing myself and to put a complete performance together uh, i could definitely take some time off and the goal would be to to get a top 10 awesome. overall at the utct so We'll see how things things go, but uh, and what yeah, what time did you run in uh, last year? I can't remember the exact. Uh, it was just over thirteen hours. From sure, so it's like a two-hour improvement from, yeah, from before. Yeah. yeah, so it seems like if you can run between twelve and twelve thirty, you uh, pretty should be pretty close to top ten. So yeah. If you can, if I could shave uh, a couple minutes off there, thirty minutes or so, that should put you in in, in the ballpark for a top ten, depending on how competitive mm -hmm. the field is that year. So, that's the goal for the end of the year. Cool, Go back awesome. to the hundred k and uh, see see what happens. Nice, and that I mean the time period between Matt and UTCT. By the time you've recovered and you need to start tapering, it's not too long. Um, and I know that Matt obviously didn't go according to plan for you. You held out for really long uh, in the race despite not feeling well. So, like, how was it? I mean, you also need time to process your DNF. It's not great. You've said you're a competitive person. It's never easy. But, yeah, what did that look like? Um, did you 
have UTCT in your mind already or was this kind of like your, you needed a focus after Matt? Yeah, so UTCT was always, always in the mind. Okay. Um, Matt, 100 miler last year, another DNF. Um, oh, so that's two, so that's basically milers to Brandon Nil. Um, <laughs> still need to go and, and, uh, and crack the miler. Um, but yeah, another difficult day. I picked up some sort of infection early on in the race, sure. 45 k's or so into the race and just didn't recover from that. Uh, couldn't eat and the body was just running on empty. But uh, being my home home race, I knew the course, I trained on the course. So yeah. I think that helped to push uh, further, but I pushed as far as I could. Um, I was saying it, it, it felt like uh, I felt when I had COVID, like the body was, sure. you, you had like a fever and, the, and you had body pains and I was taking two steps and having, having to stop the heart rate was like 180 and I was just walking. Oh, wow. So Brutal. it was, oh, it was horrendous. So eventually got 250 Ks. Um, and everyone says, I mean, you're right at home. Why don't you just, why don't you just walk it out? Yeah. So, but what they don't know is the previous, 14 k's before that took me about five and a half hours yeah and yeah. that next 14 k's to the end is very similar to rain which was probably going to take me even longer and it was going into the night it was getting cold yeah um looking back probably could have pushed through but from a safety perspective for, for the race organizers as well yeah um, sure i wanted to avoid any unnecessary risks and once again just thinking about recovery afterwards having utct in in the mind for the end of the year yeah um, rather pull the plug um swallow the dnf again and get back to training so sooner rather than than later yeah, that's tough. Um, I think also when you have a goal time in mind, you've trained for, you're coming to win, uh, and then you're just dropping back and down. And I think there's a there's a weird stigma around like walk it in, don't DNF. And I think for me, it really depends person to person, like what the scenario is, and and also if you're going to do more damage. You know, is is it? Are you saying to yourself, okay, well, I'm not going to line up for anything for a year if I do this, or be out with injury and I'm like I feel like fans or runners are understand should understand like there's more to it than just stick it out and that last section um even though it's like oh you you could have walked it in it's the the mud that year and the conditions it's it was just really rough it was a yeah it was it was a really bad year I mean on a tough course that weather conditions it was literally mud and slush and all the rivers were flowing so you're constantly wet yeah um, throughout the night it was middle of winter so it was freezing Cold, temperatures and yeah. you're wading your way through around in the, in the dam like waist height um, so all mm. of that obviously led, led led to it uh, yeah not feeling great and then just adding to whatever was actually going on yeah I'd actually picked up so um but yeah like you say i mean i i Elites, they obviously need to be more sensible with 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 calls. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's their that's job. That's their job, yeah. Um, and if they if they wreck themselves, then they are out for a lot longer. Uh, but fortunately, uh, running doesn't doesn't pay the bills, so I can probably push more than what an elite would do, um, and and be forced to stay out longer. But I'm I'm a very outdoors person. Um, Unfortunately, my job is is a lot, a lot of it is office based. Okay. So I use the running 
basically to clear the mind. So yeah. going out in the morning runs, uh, it just clears the mind. It, I do a lot of business thinking and decisions and, and that happens on those runs. And injuring myself and not being able to do that and, and working yeah. 24-7 and not having that break of, of getting out for a run because I'm injured or the body is recovering, yeah. there's a different side of it than what an elite has got but yeah. for me personally that's my escape basically and and that if i don't get out for that run in the day i'm normally quite miserable and <laughs> and just yeah. the head is not clear i'm not making good decisions um, in in the general day-to-day life and in business specifically which obviously yeah. has a negative impact so uh yeah that that run is is a lot more important and valuable valuable to me than yeah. just uh just running and 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 running at races yeah that's actually an amazing perspective that's something i didn't think of like how is this going to impact your day-to-day not just thinking of the next race but like your mental well-being how you are this is what you love and now it's just like taken away um brandon when when you do something like a mile or a long distance run do you have like a deal with yourself when it comes to dnfing like like because uh, you have the dark, the pain cave, as we talk about. And I know, I think Courtney's mantra is like she wants to see how much she can chip away, like how deep can she go and still come out. Um, but yeah, like the, the self-talk, what's happening, like leading up to the choice to make the DNF, like do you have like rules almost or things for yourself to help you make like a, help make that call, but not make it easy to make that call? Yeah, I think uh, DNFs are are always a difficult one um nobody wants them and the process leading up to it i don't I will, for me specifically i don't have a uh any checkpoints or flags where i'd say okay if i if i hit this and, and i'm not feeling well i'm gonna i'm gonna pull the plug in and dnf um I want to, the reason why I run and I do these 100 miles is because I want to push the body and the mind as, as far as possible. Yeah. Um, it's a internal thing for me where I want to find the breaking point, if that, if that makes sense, for my, my body and my mind. And um, although I've had DNFs, two DNFs, I don't feel that that was the breaking point. Uh, the sure. first okay. one was an injury, so it was it was it was a forced. The second one was uh, it was an infection, um, which obviously went went really badly, um, and then it was more of a safety thing. But yeah. I, I don't feel like I've I've found the breaking point where the body has been has been good and things are going well and I've pushed myself as hard as I can. There, there's always been something that has been out of my control. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the goal is to push yourself as, as hard as you can for as long as you can until I accept <laughs> within myself and say, okay, this is now my breaking point and, yeah. and I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty confident i mean i I, want, I still want to do these 200 mile races that was my um, next question can we see <laughs> you like the um there's a couple i'm trying to think uh there's a famous one in italy the name is leaving me but they are yeah, that's like your 200 mile yeah 250 the mo- mile mo- to the 240 yes um so i definitely want to get get it get, get there um because that's a whole nother level of mental toughness yeah um but i truly think that 
I'm able to do it and I've got the nice. mind to do it. And if I get there and uh, and a DNF and that's where the breaking point was, then I'll be satisfied and I'll have closure for myself and that. But currently the DNFs that I have, I don't feel like that was my breaking point purely sure. because there were a lot of things that weren't in, in my control. Um, but to get back to your answer, I don't think there's any, and most people would say it as well, where if things aren't going right, they're, they're just going to DNF. Um, there's yeah. probably a few things that, that, that weigh up and, and you make the final call at the end of the day. But I think f- for me, it would really be if it's, if it's life-threatening or you're putting other people's lives or event organizers at risk, then yeah. you need to make a sensible decision. Yeah. And I mean that the mud route, like that miler, when they first published the route, I was like, the first climb of the day is the VK um, into the sunset. That's that's crazy, and that's that's by no means the hardest part of the day done. Um, and I could not believe how quickly you guys started. I was standing at the start line, and I thought it was a joke. Uh, like it felt like a sprint. Uh, anyway, and you guys all went out super like hot, and the I saw you and well, I was like tracking all the, the front runners. Um, but having like root knowledge, do you feel like that served you well? Or do you feel like a little bit of ignorance would have been bliss because you don't know what's still coming? Yeah, I don't know if that was a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing because I'd actually wrecked that first section. I don't even know how many times. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys came to George wanting to recce the route, and yeah. I was always the one that put up my hand and said, "All right, guys, I'll take I'll you take out." I'll take you out. So I knew that 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 section really well, the first forty-five k's or so. Yeah. And um, it's brutal. It's it's yeah. It's beautiful, but it's brutal. You go straight up uh, George Peak, and it's midday. I think we started at two o'clock, so it's 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 pretty warm. Then you go up to Craddock, you come back down. So that's already a VK you've you've gone up you come all the way back down into the valley and then you've basically got another VK back up to the highest point from there again so within two Ks you've done two VKs by the time you get to the aid station at Harold at 40, 40 Ks or so you've got about three and a half thousand yeah it's crazy of vert already so yeah. that first section is brutal um and the pace was really fast I was yeah. surprised myself at how fast the guys guys went out and um yeah, that's sun, the sunset. We got the sunset on top of uh, going up to uh, Kierberg. It's above Montague Pass there, which is one of my, sure. my favorite trails on that ridge line. Um, so, yeah, it's beautiful, but but brutal. Yeah, no, that's that's rough. I think, yeah, the guys were ripping. So Ryan flew out uh, and that VK, he, I was just waiting for him to slow down. I think I waited the whole race and then he just never did. I mean, with Matt going through the night is obviously like a huge thing and a lot of people or coaches will talk about training specificity did you do a lot of running at night like on the route or in like the dusk hours or did you just leave that for on the day and you'll just see how you you take it yeah so i left that for for on the day if you can put it like that um i would i did run early mornings and obviously then you get your used to running in the dark um that's always a tricky one I think I did I did chat to Ryan about that actually and uh, the advice that he had given me back then was it's it's there's no difference to running in the night than running early morning it's still it's still dark and your body is still going to adapt to to running in the dark but running at at early like early hours of the morning to simulate a race 
you're putting your whole body out in terms of sleep and recovery and that sort of thing. So yeah. although you get the benefit of running in the dark, you're getting you're not getting the benefit. You're losing your sleep and you're putting your whole body out of out of pattern. Yeah, which which, which is the the negative part of it. So I took that advice and. The only night running I really got was, if we can call it night, but dark running I got was was early hours of the morning for okay. for two maybe three hours depending on how how early we started and I mean I think that that was enough to to actually get used to running in the dark. Okay, oh, and to handle it on the day. Um, and I think Brandon, you you mentioned just now about like when you're making the call to to DNF or pull the plug. One of the things you consider is like the race organizers and the event itself, like. Uh, making sure you're not going to be that crazy person on, on a route. But um, we sp- I mentioned earlier you had a great time at the Maxi 75K. Not pulling the plug there. I mean, they cut half the, the race off. Um, I remember standing at the Yonkers Gate and uh, there was like two missing runners and they were like people have been swept away by the river trying to cross it and it was just wild stories and we were still waiting for the front runner to come and I think you ran down and you had you were bleeding and it just looked hectic it looked like war out there um but yeah that was I mean after Matt you would have recovered and done that so how how was Maxi as your kind of next run also no no easy kilometers on that yeah, Maxi was well. There's obviously a lot that happened before the actual race took place because yeah. it was all the flooding that was going on. Uh, the route obviously changed from starting in Franschhoek to yeah. starting in Stellenbosch and and doing a loop instead of a, a, a to B. Um, so yeah, I mean, no one, I didn't know the route at all because I've never run in that area before, so I didn't, didn't know what to expect, which was was probably a good thing. Yeah, um, and then obviously the weather conditions were pretty brutal um but i don't think it stopped raining at all yeah your guys start was i remember standing there waiting for you guys to start and it was but i mean you were all soaked within two minutes of standing on the start line yeah 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 so it we started in rain we finished in rain um luckily it wasn't that cold for me um i know a lot of other guys some guys did battle with hypothermia but it was because of the wind as well and some of those clues the, yeah. the wind was pumping and with being cold and wet i mean that's it's never never gonna Ideal, end well yeah. so i think i managed to possibly get over some of the more hectic areas uh, before they really got bad yeah the river crossings were were brutal um i, I got swept off my feet a few times going through going through some of them um that the last one that we went through before we had the the biggest climb of the day was definitely the worst. Um, that was hanging onto rocks and just trying to get yeah. your, make your way through there. Uh, but I think it definitely looked just looking at photos and, and hearing from from the guys behind me, it definitely got worse. It, the river yeah. obviously rose um, throughout the day, uh, and I know they had to eventually make a call to reroute some some of the guys um, midfield and, yeah. and behind because it was just getting too dangerous. So fortunately, I think I got through them before they got too bad, but uh, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, we needed to, to be able to swim to, to get through that race. Uh, yeah, that's rough. But it, it, was, it was an awesome race. Um, coming down, I took a few falls, so there yeah. was a bit of blood and, and sand involved. So... <laughs> Um, ugh, that's trail running. I yeah, s- I suppose. Uh, no, it was a good day out, and it was a good confidence booster for me. Um, 
considering the, the previous two races, not getting the results I wanted, although I, I trained fairly well. Um, yeah. You, you do get a bit uh, despondent and, and frustrated and you ask yourself questions on whether you're training correctly or, or whatever it may be. So that was a nice confidence booster just to know that when when things do click, then I can actually put a decent race together. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it, it was a fast time um, despite the conditions. I think the top three, it was very competitive but there was no catching you i think when you came through the aid station at yonkersuk there's like a tar section for a little bit or very runnable trail and i think you ate that up when you ran away everyone was like hell he doesn't even look tired so um i'm glad that went better um but i think yeah the training last year like a wet mutt wet and cold mutt wet maxi it was and then the blitz heat of utct was quite a quite a contrast um but Brandon, you're you're like you don't do this professionally. I mean, you've got you mentioned you've got a nine to five. I know you're a dad as well, um, so you're juggling like quite a few things. Um, amazing that you've got trails on your right on your back door. But how how does training look for you? I mean, training for a mile or a hundred k race, it's a lot of time that you need to put in. So. How do you how do you structure that? Yeah, not easy. A lot of uh, a lot of adapting and making do with what you what you you get and the cards you've been dealt um i mean i'm extremely blessed with uh with my my family yeah. um i've got an amazing wife and a beautiful daughter um and they were really supporting um shame danielle has babysitted uh, countless hours sure, while i've been yeah. out running so there's a lot happening behind the scenes it's not just about me going out and, and running and i'm sure I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of of all dads out there so yeah it takes a really strong and supportive structure at home so i'm yeah. really blessed that that i've got that at home and um the job that i have is flexible um okay. so that that does help but having said that there's there's pros and cons so flexible sure. in that i can go out maybe longer in the morning or midday some days, but then some days um, up at four, working right through to your late hours of the evening, and then I, sure. I, I can't train at all. So there, there are pros and cons to it. Um, so it's all about adapting and um, making do with, with what you got. Uh, yeah. Ideally, I would like to have a bit more structure uh, in terms of training and yeah. actually plan long runs and possibly put in more hours, especially for, for the long uh, milers and that sort of thing. Um, but like I said, I mean, this is not my my um, profession. I don't get paid to run. Yeah. Um, it doesn't pay the bills. So uh, work before play, as I tell Rebecca <laughs> all the time, when I have to call a run early and yes. go and see clients or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's I love it though. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's always different. Every day is different, and um, I'm just grateful that I can. I've got a, a family and a job and I can still run and, yeah, and that's compete awesome. on the side. So um, I couldn't be happier with, with how it's going currently. And are you are you working with a coach, Brandon? You spoke about structure now. Were you self-coached? I'm self-coached. I had a coach for, for about two years or so. Um, but from the beginning of last year, I've basically self-coached. Okay. Um, it was more from... The perspective of just not being able to plan my days because yeah. my job is is flexible but like i mentioned it's it can change on the morning yeah and i'm, I'm somebody who likes to tick tick things off um 
so if I know if I've got a, a three-hour session to do today, uh, I want to tick that off. And yeah. if I've got a three-hour session planned tomorrow, but the the night before I have a, uh, something come up for work and I need to travel for the day, I can't do that session. And it, it mentally, it just... Kind uh, of frustrating. It's frustrating. Sleep, yeah. yeah. So that's why I've decided to, to go the self-coaching route. Um, I think I've learned enough uh, from being coached to be able to structure my own workouts and work on uh, my weaknesses and, and yeah. try and enhance my strengths. And obviously, Rebecca is we we train together a lot of the time, so yeah. we mix and match workouts and do a lot of our sessions together. That's um, cool. So there's some structure there, but it's it's more from a perspective of just training when I can and doing what I can when I can. And what would you prioritize like in a training week? Are you looking for volume? Are you prioritizing the vert? Like if you have to pick and choose between your sessions, like what would you go to first? Like for you, what is your kind of key sessions that you feel like I need this to make kind of training gains? So definitely depends on, on the race. Okay. Um, obviously the vert plays a big role um, and the type of terrain so if i know we're going into a, a very big vert race then you want to get in the hills and get those legs strong and do a lot lot of climbing yeah um faster races naturally you're going to be want to be doing a lot of lot more intervals and improving the the leg speed and yeah. the overall speed uh but you can't neglect one or the other if you want to be a, a all-round um athlete and, and achieve good results so it's very much dependent on the race, but I feel myself, I'm definitely not, not a good climber. So I'm always constantly trying to just work on, on hills. So always working hills in there, even if it's a, if it's an easy hour or hour and a half, whatever it may be, it's still including a lot of hills on those easy runs just to hopefully over time develop, um, better climbing legs and, and climb faster the nice. speed work uh like i said you, i don't have to be i don't have to run 30 minute 10ks to run 100 milers <laughs> yeah. i'd never never get there um so that's that's always more of a on the not the, that's not a priority so for me i'd rather work on the strength and and the climbing and back that up with a bit of bit of speed Okay, oh, that's epic. And like volume-wise at the moment, like are you do you adapt well to high volume weeks? Like your 100, 150k weeks, is that something that you you can kind of your body can take quite easily? Yeah, uh, the body is definitely over time it's it's it's, it's adapting better to to distance. Um I'm still trying to f figure out what my what a good week would be for me in okay. terms of not running too far and also not running too too little in the week um for for maxi for example i don't think i did a bigger than 80k week okay between uh, mutt and and maxi and and i had a good result there yeah so i don't know if 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 running very far in a week in terms of mileage is beneficial for me i'm still learning i'm still learning and, and finding out what's what's best for for my body yeah um but naturally for for 100 k's to 100 to two miles you need to put in the the, the time and, and the distance and the time on the legs that's, that's yeah. how the body adapts so i think over the years my body's definitely adapting if i just think how i th how i felt um in in mutt 
where we had a good result, how I felt to the end, compared to how I felt to the end of UTCT last year, Yes, uh, the body just felt a lot better. And I think that's just uh, two years, the difference there, but that's just two years of the body ad- slowly adapting to the, the demands um, yeah, of, of running. Yeah, that experience paying off. Yeah. And, I mean, recovery time, I know Rebecca mentioned that you guys did Six Peaks um, that blitz time of hers as like a off season fun thing to end off the year. But um, how how fast do you recover or like feel back to baseline um, after something like a hundred k at UTCT? So the recovery for me, I, I feel like I, re- I recover fairly fast. Um, obviously, the week after your body's naturally sore. Um, yeah. But I always try to keep the body uh, do a lot of mobility. Uh, sort of things obviously rest is extremely important so to take a few days off yeah. even a week week off um is is is, def- is it's more difficult mentally um but it's very good for the body rebecca's not not too good at that yet <laughs> hopefully, hopefully she'll learn um but after about a week i'd say two weeks maximum the body is starting to feel good okay. again um and yeah, by that time I'm already getting in some easy runs and just loosening up the body, the body again. Um, so the recovery time is, is quite fast, but I, I would and I don't plan then another race uh, within at least a few months after okay. that, just to make sure that the body has recovered properly. Then I can do a decent block leading up to to the next race. So, okay. Um, I, I don't know how I would perform if I had to do two really close. 100Ks or 100 milers. Okay. Yeah, I think that's my leading into what's next for me is asking like how how have you planned this year out? Um, what are you looking at? I know you've mentioned you want to go back and do UTCT 100. Is the Mutt Miler like your next event? Um, any other races in between? How, how have you structured that? Yeah, so the the two main goals for the year is, is, is Mutt Miler. Um, the sensible thing to do would have been the 100k <laughs> <laughs> but uh, being in my backyard and training on the route and just what happened last year I, I really feel like I need to go and, and give the mile another crack yeah. so uh, that's definitely the first big goal of the year and then the the second big goal of the year would be UGCT at the end of the year um, I mentioned the the top 10 there so I'm mentioning yes, it now yeah. so we can try we can, <laughs> push, for that, we yeah. can push for that it's out there um, so that, those are the two big goals uh, leading up to Mutt next month I'm going to be doing the pass to pass okay awesome down in Wellington yes. Wellington area so we'll be using that as a as a training race um, and then nothing really planned or decided yet between Mutt and UTCT uh, okay Maxi, I would like to go back and do Maxi's original route yes um, I think yes. that would be, be cool to do um, but yeah options are open at this stage I mean there's so many races to, to choose a lot of from cool and, stuff, to do yeah. and really cool communities um, so yeah definitely would do probably do a training race between Mutt and UTCT but I haven't confirmed anything yet okay no, that's awesome. I think I'm I'm excited to see uh, you take on your your backyard miler again. I think it's it's a tough route. Um, yeah, just listening, being here with a few of the athletes, listening to what it takes. There's no free kilometers on on the mat. Um, yeah, and I think not to like having two big goals. I mean, yeah, two milers in one year is a lot. So I think really cool to go do the miler and then have the 100k UTCT is like your faster race if I can say that I think that's that's awesome um and I know this is a very random fact this is one of the 
few things that I could find out about you before this interview uh, was that you are no stranger to the road and that you have done comrades a couple of times with a silver medal time which is proper um is that was that just like a bucket list thing would you go back and do more road stuff between the trails yeah comrades was always uh, definitely always on the bucket list growing up um especially maritzburg like yeah we went there. definitely yeah. so my dad my dad's done a couple of comrades i don't want to get it wrong but i think he's done five okay um so i mean growing up watching him run comrades it was always something i wanted to do uh, just follow in my, in my dad's footsteps and, and take it off um don't know if i must mention this but he never managed to get the silver medal okay. um he missed it by five minutes one oh, day man. and he still doesn't know how back then obviously they had the the old school watches and the splits on yes. the arms and somehow he miscalculated the time and he finished five minutes after a cutoff. Oh, so, I mean, there's always a goal to go and get that silver um, for myself and, and for my dad because nice. he's hung up the hung up the running shoes now <laughs> in terms of att- attempting a silver medal at, at Comrades. So I wanted to, to achieve that. And then, uh, yeah, going to school in Marysburg College, the Comrades comes past there. Yes. It's always a big, um, we always used to go out. I, I was in, the, in the, the res with the boarding school there as well. So, I mean, there was always such a, a festive uh, and a vibe of when the Comrades came through. And, I mean, you just was something that you wanted to do, yeah. uh, being being a, a local in in Natal. I mean, you, you have to do Comrades. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to do it before, I think it was 2020, and then obviously COVID, COVID hit and that delayed it. Um, and then eventually managed to to do it in 2020, 2022. It was the first edition back after COVID. Yes. So it was a down run. And um, I don't know if it's always like that, but the support was just Crazy. insane. Mm, um, those crowds are next level. It's literally a line of people on either side of the road from Marysburg to Durban. So um, great. So road running is not my favorite. It's 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 boring. The training is <laughs> easy, but I mean, comrades is, is something that is just it's special. Um, it's something that if you haven't done it, you must do it. Yeah. Um, so the goal was silver. Um, that was always the goal. Uh, I knew it was possible, and um, yeah, I've, I had a good day. I had a really good day out on out on the road. Uh, I would like to go back. I would have liked to have done the um, the double. Um, yes. But unfortunately, I think it's roadworks that were last year that they had to do another down. Yes. And only this year again, they're, they're doing it up. Um, but it does also clash with mud. I think yeah. it's only two weeks or so apart. Yeah. So I'm going to have to make a, a call one of these years on where to go to go and do the up run or to to do mud. Okay, no, that's so cool. There's just there's been like this weird um, shift where a lot of trail good trail athletes are going to do road races. I saw, I mean, both Daniel and you are doing Boston Marathon. I see some maids and she's doing that as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else did I interview in there. Like they're doing a f- fast 10k uh, as their next goal, and I was like, this is so interesting. All the trail athletes are like having a speed goal first and then hitting the hitting the trails yeah, again. Yeah, that's great. I'm happy to to watch them and, and see what times they pass <laughs> because I know those hurt. Those yeah. 10Ks and those marathons, they 
they hurt. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's really cool. I mean, I think the speed is definitely a benefit. So uh, they obviously want to build up some speed and and then yeah. come back to the trail and just something different. Um, yeah, you break. can never really get tired of of running on the trails. Um, just doing something different, different goals. I mean, to, to be able to run like the Boston marathons and I mean that's also a bucket list events yeah. and the vibe and atmosphere there must must be incredible. So yeah. just new experiences and and. Um, I know you go through those dips where you, you lose motivation and I mean something like that can literally just l- spark spark you again to, yeah. to get back and, and, and train again so yeah it's gonna be cool to see what what some of those guys do on the road yeah. um, because that's a whole nother whole nother scene altogether yeah I'm keen to see what what the trail athletes can can pull together on the road I feel like a lot of people have like sneaky speed genes uh, and Brandon, this has been really cool. Time flies. I actually can't believe how fast this interview has gone. Um, I think it's really interesting to get the perspective of what you go through on a miler, um, like the, that mental edge, um, kind of taking yourself there and that, that you haven't found that yet. Uh, so I think you're definitely going to be one to watch for for you, for you for George Matt and then even at UTCT later this year. Um, and this this might be a hard one for you considering where you live but my like round off question for everyone is what is your favorite trail and why so it's it's a lot of people probably expect me to say drakensberg being from metal but i've actually never run in the drakensberg funny enough so i mean i left left home to go to boarding school when i was 12 um, and then obviously, like I mentioned, it was all rugby. So I'd, I'd never really had that running passion when I was living in Natal. Um, so I've never run, oh, wow. run there. So that's why UTD is, is, is definitely something that I want to go and Yeah, and it's do. on the list for sure, um, yeah. And if I'm listening to the podcast, a lot of people are mentioning trails in the dark <laughs> space, so that's making me want to go and, and check it out even more. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something that I want to do. But... Um, there's so many trails. If I'm just thinking at home, um, I love ridge lines, and okay. so just to name a few, the the section from Kierberg on top here, uh, along that skyline uh, at the top of the Otaniqua Pass, um, the sunset, sunrises you get there is Beautiful. amazing. You've got Oteruin and the Swartberg Mountains on the one side, and in front of you on the other side is, is George um, and the whole Otaniqua Mountain range. So that that's beautiful. Um, if you've done Six Peaks and you've come down the, the infamous Bruce, yes, um, the Bru- Bruce is brutal, but you'll know that that section from the Bruce uh, up until you join the Tietkop, I mean the the trail just above Dizzy Heights, there's a ridge line that you run there, which is also amazing. You've got sure. the George Dam on the one side and Harold Wines on on the other side. Um, and then there's a closer to home trail, clo- say closer to home, but easier to get to is Van Darlens, um, okay. which is just up uh, up in the, the lower mountains. Also an amazing ridge line. Um, so those are probably the, my favorite. Uh, but I mean, there's just something special about being on, on a ridge line where you have got, you can see forever on your one side and exactly the same on the other side. And you're on the middle on that little ridge line. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if there's a bit of cloud and a sunrise or a sunset involved, it's I mean you can take as many pictures as you want, but you're <laughs> going to be able to actually to capture what's to there capture yeah. and explain to people what it is. So 
any of these ridge lines in Georgia are amazing. Stunning. Yeah, I think you guys are spoiled for choice. And if anyone wants to come do some riding in Georgia, it's literally outdoor Disneyland. There's there's anything like from VKs to long routes to ridge line running. There's there's just an option for everyone, which is so cool. Um, yeah, Brandon, thanks so much for for your time for the chat. I think this is. Excite! It's informative. It's exciting. I, I'm I'm really backing you on the the mile in George in your backyard a, f- a few weeks from now. It's actually, don't know when this will be released exactly, but I think it'll probably be about 12 to 14 weeks out from the race. So feels like it's around the corner. Um, yeah, and we'll have to have you back after that event so you can take us through what happened on the miler. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. I'm looking forward to to watch you come and thanks thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully when we do chat again, it's, uh, it's mileage two, Brandon one. So there we go. we'll see how, how George Mutt, uh, what happens there. Awesome. Excited for it. Thanks, Brandon. Cool. Thanks, Em. There you have it, everyone. Some great conversation with Brandon Hulley around the mental game. What does it take to, to push through those dark moments in an ultra, riding the, the wave or the ups and downs of of training and racing and just yeah consistently showing up to perform on on a high level i'm looking forward to seeing him take on uh, a miler later on this year and hopefully come out on top so we'll be rooting for him i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you back here next week for our next one